0: Heidi Ho, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Agent Carter radio program by Fantastic Geek. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic community. My name is Matt, and joining me each week is one real ace, Pete. What's buzzing, cousin?
1: Oh, Matt, you're such a card. It's my honor, as always, to bring you the news. Today's Agent Carter episode will cover the one shot from 2013 which is the fourth of the five existing marvel one shots filmed to this point and it is brought to you by the french bikini two pieces of cloth to cover one body get one today
0: can we even say that on the radio two pieces that 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 sounds scandalous. Children, cover your ears. It is.
1: News of the hour.
0: In this segment, we run down the top stories of the episode and give you the latest and greatest in the need to know. Pete, where do we start?
1: Our Agent Carter one-shot begins with a recap of the cap crash. Steve Rogers burying the Hydra weapon into the ice and will never get that dance with his number one dame, Peggy Carter. We pick up a year later and Peggy is doing data analysis and code breaking at the Tejic Scientific Reserve. Um, Around the office, a uh, a buzzer goes off and a redheaded man who we later identify as Agent Flynn, played by the chameleon-esque Bradley Whitford, I did not recognize him at first, uh, hears from a disembodied voice over the phone that uh, Zodiac is active near the Whitestone Bridge, the enemy is dangerous, and two agents are recommended. He sends three, Miller, Johnson, and Wilkes, to take him down.
0: It's it's an interesting opening. Uh, I I initially was taken aback um, by the fact that they just used footage straight from Captain America. Personally, it wouldn't have been my choice. I think that these one shots really do tend to stand completely on their own. That said, I think that they were in such a such a um, success with these one shots where I think that they knew this kind of sorta could be a pilot, and it wasn't just going to be you know, a DVD extra for uh, for those in the know, but rather something that you could just really easily take to ABC and say, hey, do you remember the Captain America movie? This is like the TV show that continues it just without Captain America. Um, And then, of course, there's that kind of easy transition into uh, her office life. And uh, of course, once again, she is not picked because, well, that's just how it's done back then.
1: Exactly. It's interesting to note, um, of the five one-shots released to this point, there's some rumor that there are more. They just haven't had space on the Captain America Winter Soldier or uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, discs to put some recently. Um, This was uh, written by Eric Pearson, who wrote the first four of these. The only one he did not write was the um, Trevor Slattery one. That would be All Hail the King. Yes. Um, and interesting to note, too, that Item 47, the one that preceded this, that is on the Avengers uh, Blu ray, is widely credited as launching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, what do you know that the Agent Carter one shot would give rise to the upcoming? agent carter eight part series event matt
0: it definitely is a really interesting mechanism that they've done with these one shots uh when i saw item 47 uh it was well after uh you know colson lives came to its fruition and the series was announced and you know the pilot had been shot and so on and so forth the first footage was shown for the upcoming series the following tv season um but Item forty-seven really is an effective proof of concept for the basis of Agents of Shield, and so too here. Obviously, the difference is that uh, this Agent Carter one-shot is a continuation of her story from the movies, and then now the series will kind of continue from this, um, either directly or just kind of in its, you know, in its tone. Um, but fascinating that DVD extras have launched two TV series and maybe more.
1: Who knows. So after our three agents take a powder and they are unable to apprehend the Zodiac, um, we come to learn that uh, Agent Carter has been on this job three months. She's bored. Uh, her boss calls her sweetie and uh, let the misogyny of the 1940s
0: begin. It It is uncomfortable to watch because we are so uh i don't want to say programmed because that suggests something nefarious we are so enlightened nowadays that that type of behavior is just forbidden just you know not only morally wrong but you're just looking at a lawsuit and the implicit discrimination not being picked to go on the missions we certainly don't support that but we kind of Understand that this sort of thing still goes on today, where people aren't given a, a fair crack based on their abilities. But that that explicit, the sweeties and the darlings, and the you know you're just here because you're Captain America's girlfriend. Uh, all all of this stuff—it's just—it it really is rather jarring to the uh, to the modern audience.
1: Well, that Flynn is a little bit of a fat head, but it still doesn't keep Peggy Carter from being the eager beaver that she is. Once the boys knock off for the night uh, and head out for some drinks. And she, of course, is left behind to polish up their field reports. She answers the phone after the buzzer, then comes to find out that they have locked position on the Zodiac. She has sent coordinates and explained that the enemy will not hesitate to use lethal force. Three to five agents recommended this time, or one Agent Carter, and while, Matt, the Swiss army knife uh, had been given rise to earlier in that century, I would prefer to call this her British briefcase.
0: Ah, yes, indeed. And this call to action, of course, just preceded by that painful moment where it's like, hey, we're going to be going out for drinks. (gasps) could you lock up for us can you turn off the lights when you leave and it's just i i mean you get that flynn is the larger villain in this episode than you know than the baddies that agent carter will tangle with later on in the one shot he's kind of the baddie that's that's driving our emotions but i mean what what cruelty out of him side note little disappointed that uh that bradley whitford didn't make the jump to the series although Based on how the plot of this one shot goes, which we will be continuing to discuss momentarily, uh, I could see why maybe there just wasn't room for the character.
1: You never know, Matt.
0: Ooh. So with that, Pete, Agent Carter, she's off to the, uh, off to the docks, off to just this, this wonderful kind of exterior. It really is breathing in the 1940s. And, you know, it's got the cars. It's got kind of the, just the whole film noir ambiance.
1: Yes, and the exteriors were actually reused from Captain America. They were unused shots. Um, She greets a couple boys down at the loading dock who tell her she can't go in. Ma'am, there's a gas leak. Uh, Wonderfully shot here. She uh, explains to the two knuckleheads out there with her briefcase that uh, she will be going in there. And then handles. The uh, the tough on the other side of the window. How many men, Matt? Three, Uh, including him. Four. Yeah. And then tells him to call for help. Uh, He does. She proceeds to take a club out of her briefcase and uh, take care of them. And then the tough, of course, now handcuffed, screams, help again <laughs> thanks that's enough
0: <laughs> what's nice in some of these fight scenes particularly uh when she's making her way through the uh you know through the you know the, the the shell of this operation you know through the the glass door and whatnot is they they choose not to show every moment and every beat of her attack there's a little bit of a mystery almost kind of like a batman-esque you know i thought she was right there now she's over there and It serves the story well in that, you know, we know that she's this accomplished agent and we don't need to see every little, you know, kung fu move. Just let her suddenly be, you know, appearing from this side and that side. And it it just sort of works where you don't need to see every last step of her of her abilities.
1: These beats also strike an excellent balance between her femininity and Her ability to kick ass, you know, to use the um, makeup compact to look around the corner. And then, you know what, I'm just going to adjust the the lipstick real quick. Um, Really killer stuff. And I'm really excited to see this play out over the eight episode run.
0: Indeed, and uh, at this point in the plot, of course, she starts to make her way deeper and deeper into the lair. And at this point, Pete, we don't fully understand what Zodiac is. Uh, although I think this is also a point where the the eagle-eyed viewer is kind of like, oh, so she's beat up everybody. This will be easy. So let's assume something difficult is about to happen.
1: Yeah, and of course, then there's uh, a big gas-masked gentleman behind her. Uh, They get into it in what was a fairly brutal um, fight scene for uh, a one-shot of of this size here. She removes a knife from the exterior of her briefcase and takes care of business.
0: She certainly does. And, you know, as you said, a brutal fight scene. It made me wonder, you know, again, what's this line between is this a pilot uh, you know or a pre-pilot type thing for the network is this standalone is it is it both you know is there somebody at abc who's going to see this and scoff uh i like to think that that the people behind these you know these one shots kind of don't care particularly i mean as much as there's a master plan i think you just let the story be that you want and it's it's appropriate violence for the movie to which it is attached so just let that be your guide and you know I had wondered if perhaps uh, ABC was going to do something with this one shot ahead of uh, you know ahead of the series it appears not probably because there's legitimate concern that the average TV going audience is going to not quite get why you know there's a 12 minute episode on you know I, I think it could be confusing to people when you just want them to be not confused and sitting down for seven weeks of eight episodes and enjoying agent carter in you know kind of normal tv hour fashion
1: i would tend to agree with you i do enjoy though now that a lot of the marketing for the agent carter series is out how they're extending you know even the the logo there from the original one shot they take forward. Um, I love the really stylized, essentially animatics of the, uh, or not animatics, storyboards of the uh, of the sequences done over the credits. Um, you know, it, it 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 works. And speaking of work, the next morning, Matt Flynn has found out that Peggy has cutely completed a mission. Was time sensitive. He, however, informs her nobody's above protocols, not even Captain America's old flame. Ooh. Ouch. She's She was grieving. They wanted to give her something useful. Pity, he calls it. And then the buzzer rings. And who's on the other end of the line?
0: It's Howard Stark. In, in what I found to be a surprising reveal, I knew nothing about this one shot when I saw it other than duh it's peggy carter you know doing mission stuff and you could probably predict that there's going to be sexism along the way Uh, it it was a good surprise it really really was um perhaps a little bit less surprising in reverse now that you know that dominic cooper is part of the series but given that he was the last one to sign clearly playing hardball um it was not necessarily a foregone conclusion when you were watching this one shot that he was going to be part of anything further. So really fantastic. Then of course you get to see him uh, on the other side of the phone conversation, you know, period appropriate phone lush, you know, Southern California digs and uh, just a complete different uh, tone compared to the, you know, the, the dark and the fog and whatnot from the previous night.
1: Right, he reveals that Phillips um wants her to head to Washington. She's going to run Shield with Stark and uh also informs Agent Flynn of uh the fact that he will be helping Agent Carter take her belongings to the
0: car. In a very fitting and fun scene. You know, this th- this one shot is so short. But it packs so much of a story wallop into things, and uh, it it really, really is a ton of fun.
1: Our tag scene is a lot of fun as well. It features uh, Dum Dum Dugan now hanging out uh, poolside with Howard Stark, and he is gawking. Come to find out he's checking out uh, a dame in one of those newfangled French bikinis
0: scandalous
1: yes neil mcdonough in in a a couple lines there we've seen him on agents of shield i'm hopeful we're going to get a taste of him on the agent carter series
0: i hope so too because with all due respect to neil mcdonough in my opinion uh he has a resume greater than his amount of use in the first captain america movie greater than being available for a dvd thing and a flashback thing on another show that's not really about this main person who's he's sharing the scene with you know it's kind of i could see how from from neil, neil mcdonough's point of view it's a little bit mishmashy now flip side is maybe he's being paid very well maybe he just is happy to do it uh, he appears to be a nice guy etc cetera, etc cetera, but i have hopes as well pete that uh, you know that that famously secretive Marvel machine will produce him for for multiple episodes in this uh, eight episode limited run of uh, what we're hoping is Agent Carter series one.
1: Time will tell.
0: The lineup. What lunkheads deserve some time in the joint? This list of baddies will tell us just that, Pete.
1: Yes, we'll start with Zodiac, a um, criminal organization with ties to the Marvel comic universe. Um, Several, in fact, a dozen to be exact, different um, villains within this organization, and they kind of trade off the uh, leadership of it. Interesting that, and again, given the constraints of a one-shot, that we don't develop a bad guy amongst the Zodiac uh, villains there, but each for a different part of uh, the astrological um, realm. And uh, so some interesting stuff there. Kind of gets a little into the mythological, which I digged coming from you know, the the Tesseract and the Norse mythology to get into something that, you know, an idea of a criminal organization would stretch back even further than that.
0: I am, I am reluctant to include Agent Flynn in our lineup only because clearly he is antagonistic to Peggy Carter, uh, but I don't think he's wandering into villainous territory. He is reflecting the tropes of the time, and uh, yeah, i think he should be judged within his own time so a little bit of a pass here for agent flynn not a great guy certainly not uh forward thinking but not quite lineup material
1: i tend to agree with you although you know you could never kind of rule out given the the noir-esque vibe here that he was somehow in cahoots with zodiac maybe that's why they kept slipping um from his uh his agents that he would send out you know he he over sends the agents they always manage to uh to get the
0: drop and get away uh, i i tend to see uh, conspiracies matt uh conspiracies everywhere well that would be a wonderful transition to classified top secret holy mackerel time to take a gander with the g-men don't want you to know and pete my question to you do you think we will see or heck do you know if we will see more of zodiac in uh the eight episode limited series
1: well matt we both know that's above your pay grade
0: that's true if you are a new listener to the fantastic geek family of podcasts uh pete runs spoiler heavy and i run spoiler pure so uh you know, pete he, you get all sorts of uh you get your own phone calls in the middle of the night from the flashy red phone and uh i don't always know the how or the why uh but is there anything you want to say without saying too much
1: listen the 1940s is such a rich tapestry to draw from, they would be shooting themselves in the foot to exclusively draw from one organization or even to limit themselves to things that have appeared in the comics before. You've got such a strong heroine in Agent Carter. And, you know, who would figure that uh, when they would have a second TV show a year after launching? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that it would be Haley Atwell reprising her role on the small screen when she really carried uh, the female presence in the first Captain America film. So this series, you know, I know they're billing it right now as an eight part, you know, series event. Um, The gravitas that she brings, she's
0: bigger, Matt, than this Zodiac. That she is. That she certainly is then tell me future boy here we take a wacky look at the references to marvel's past and ours in the future pete certainly uh, somewhat uh, betraying the levity of this segment is of course the kind of you know anticipatory sexism where oh she's not going to be allowed to do anything uh and of course we know it's going to end up with with that in and of itself anything else where we're kind of feeling a tug from the future as we look to the past
1: I think the the sexism is certainly front and center but you know the the gadgets I think are something to you know we know from watching Agents of Shield and those of you who haven't you need to get on that but you know to incorporate as they have the past of Shield and even the SSR and the gadgets that they developed you know, some of which were made to masquerade as common items. I mean, here we see Peggy use the briefcase with all the different things that she produces from it in addition to using it as a weapon. But, you know, things like buzzers that were really EMPs and stuff like that, and, you know, I I love the idea that we're going to be able to retcon in this period-specific drama And Matt, you know, it it can't go without noticing this show is starting to pull in interest from people who don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and don't watch the Marvel movies. So, you know, there could be an entirely new audience pulled in here because of Peggy Carter. And I have to say that that's a smart move on Marvel and, and Disney's part.
0: I think that absolutely is by design. Uh, for whatever reason, the Agents of Shield audience seems to have plateaued and plateaued at levels which you know we all expect will lead to a third season, a fourth season, and so forth. But this is a nice solution to multiple problems. You know, it's difficult to start filming in August and just have nonstop episodes, even if you go ten in the fall and then pick up a mere month later you know the the production can only make these so quickly so to have kind of concurrent productions uh and and we still don't know what the agents of shield final episode order will be i think that there is some flexibility there by all parts involved um but you you know you have a situation where maybe agents of shield gets an episode or two less ordered um but you've kind of made up for that with the order of of agent carter and so forth um it's a nice opportunity to say, "Hey, here's something completely different, but in a lot of ways is the same." So if you liked Agent Carter, come on back for Agents of Shield, uh, and it certainly is a nice—it's uh, a nice kind of dichotomy between the two. Long distance. Here we want you to flap your lips, write a telegram, or even send us a uh, the Twitter. Pete, what do we have? We have uh,
1: two, a pair of new iTunes reviews for the Agent Carter podcast by Fantastic Geek. We love your feedback. Keep it coming in. Our first was left for us by Fan of S.H.I.E.L.D., it is four out of five stars, headlined simply Fun. And it reads, Fantastic Greek was great with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Jeepers, I have strong faith they'll cover this. The 40s styling is a great way to tie into the series. Thanks a lot, of
0: Shield. 40s styling? This is the way things are now.
1: <laughs> Our second Review was left for us by Mike in MN, I'm assuming Minnesota. The headline is still the best, five out of five stars, and it reads, Really looking forward to PG's Agent Carter take just about as much as I am for the actual show. They'll be the reason I see it live. The humor is great. I always look forward to their hit and runs. Really funny Give this and their other shows a listen.
0: Thanks, Mike in MN. Absolutely. And Pete, how can people send a long distance message to you?
1: Well, in the future, there will be this invention called Twitter. And your experience there will not really be complete until you follow me at Peter, P I E T E R J. Ketelar, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 4,706 followers can't be wrong.
0: Sounds like that's the birds to me. And while I am personally on the Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the radio program, by being in touch with Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a PH in plenty of ways. Send an electronic letter to us on the Gmail, post a note on the .com, or tweet us your telegraphs on the Twitter. Don't forget, Fantastic Geek is the way to go. With that, I'll say goodbye, good night, good luck, one and all. Pete, what wacky words will you close with tonight?
1: Learn to count.